What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 135 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones. Not joining me today is the Freddie Freeman to my Billy Batson, the loser Lester Jones. <laughs> but that's okay. We don't need him because I got in his stead. Well, not really in his stead because you're always here. <laughs> but anyway, I got the Indian Shazam to my pasty white Shazam, the phenomenal AJ Singh. That's right. We just need uh, what, like three more members of our team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which Shazam do you identify with the most? They should have had an Indian Shazam, but they do have an Asian Shazam. I mean, there's not a lot of Indian orphans. Our parents love us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> uh, if you couldn't have guessed, this is our Shazam-themed episode, our review of Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. Um, if and Yeah, let's just get right into it. I'll bring up the old uh rotten tomatoes here um so anyone who hasn't watched our, our show generally what we do is just a short spoiler free uh breakdown and thoughts on the film and then what we'll do is do a nice you know detailed uh plot synopsis of the film where we go through and try, try to remember what happened and just like no i i tell you i took notes i think i got um uh most of the the good stuff here uh but right now Oh, by the way, AJ, what do you? I don't know if you've looked already, but do you know uh, what this film is is at on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, probably like eighty uh, percent. Well, the audience score is eighty five percent, but the critic uh, is fifty four percent. Oh, okay. so they're down. All right. Um, let's see here. So uh, the official. Uh, let me get the synopsis here. The official, God, I can't talk. Official synopsis uh, from New Line Cinema comes Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which continues the story of teenage Billy Batson, who, upon reciting the magic words Shazam, is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego Shazam. God, could they get Shazam more in that sentence? Uh, the film stars Zachary Levi as Shazam, Helen Mirren as Hespera, Lucy Liu as Calypso, Asher Angel as Billy Batson, Rachel Zegler is Anthea. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer is Freddie Freeman. Jamon Hansu is the, as the wizard. Uh, Grace Caroline Carey is Mary, uh, a.k.a. Mary Marvel. Um, Faith Herman is Darla Dudley. Adam Brody is superhero Freddie. Ross Butler is superhero Eugene. G- DJ Catrona is superhero Pedro. Megan Good is superhero Darla. Uh, Ian Chen is Eugene Chow. Yovan Armand is Pedro Pena. Man, this is a large cast. <laughs> Martha <laughs> Milans is Rosa Vasquez, and Cooper Andrews as Victor Vasquez. Okay. Um, so yeah, just uh, spoiler free. Uh, what w- what was your thoughts on the film? I thought it was uh, pretty kid friendly. Like, I, if I was younger, I would have probably enjoyed it even more. If I was like probably thirteen or so. But um, I thought it was fun. It's a fam- family friendly movie for the most part, and. Uh, that's I think that's what's bread and butter is, is you know you're not gonna get like a Batman type of adult themes in this movie. <laughs> I agree. It's almost hard to have a perspective on this film as an adult because I I kind of agree with you. I think if I was a little kid watching this, I think I would be filled with a lot more wonder right. because it is very much like a child fantasy. Like, oh, what's it like being an adult and exploring that fantasy? And I think that would probably be a lot funner and richer if I was a kid. Now, speaking of kids, the reason Lester's not doing this review is he did go to the movie with us, uh, but he decided to bring his his, uh, two sons along. 
And like <laughs> right in the opening, um, we'll get to it when we get to the kind of plot breakdown, but right in the opening like of this movie, there's kind of like a scary sequence. And so his 10-year-old son got uh, a little scared and, and they ended up uh, leaving. And so me and AJ were the ones that watched the movie. <laughs> then you know um, there was one other movie we watched I think it was Ghostbusters Afterlife right, we right. tried bringing him to and same thing at one point he he freaked out I kind of I, I, I feel sorry for him that he gets freaked out at movies that easily yeah I, I think it's all the sensory stuff like the loud volume and all that stuff that could be these movies are loud yeah uh, otherwise, cause I they watch YouTube. They watch they p- see those scary games that people play on there. You know, well, that's what I was wondering. Like his threshold of like what freaks him out and stuff. I was like, maybe it's just that he needs exposure therapy. Maybe we should like make him watch Bambi with like the clockwork <laughs> clockwork orange like eye spread. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we're gonna train him to be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's okay. So yeah, we ended up watching this. You know, for me, like just spoiler-free impressions. Like, I I feel like it's okay. Like, I feel like if you watch the first Shazam, like your feelings about this one are going to be similar. Like, I think if you love the first Shazam, I I I don't see why you wouldn't love this movie. Um, if you hated the first Shazam, this one's not going to change your mind at all. Right. And if you're like me and watched the first Shazam once and was like, yeah, that's all right, but I never need to watch it again, that's exactly how I feel about this movie. Like, I, I watch it. It was fine. I, I have my doubts I'll ever revisit it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, but a long time for now. But um, I, I certainly, like, if you're like me and thought the first movie was okay, I wouldn't suggest like spending the money to see this in theaters. Right. I would say just wait for it to come on HBO Max and, and you're good. Right. And I think there are those people who like hesitated to maybe see it because they weren't sure if Suzanne would continue into the DC universe moving forward. I think that some of those questions are answered. I think, um, you know, there will be some uh, remnants of this movie continuing forward. Well, we'll talk about that when we get into it, but I'm still a little bit confused on, okay. on that part of it. Uh-huh. I mean, I I think you're probably right, but I it is a little confusing. Right. I, I'm hoping that Flash will answer some of those questions. Yeah. I think that, that's got to be the movie that does that. I'm hoping so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm so so on this movie. I, th- I think if you were a kid, you would get a lot more out of it, unless you're Lester's kid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're freaked out. Um, is there anything else you want to? I mean, what do you think, just general performance-wise, is like Zachary Levi? Yeah, I think he does a good job of playing like a you know young, young spirited adult. I guess you know in that position, like he's clearly got the uh, immaturity of a child still and all that stuff. So he portrays that pretty well. You can you can pick up on that. Um, I I do think like it it kind of had that Thor Love and Thunder kind of uh, you know the serious thing going on. Like people are dying. And they're just, you know, all kind of like wacky and silly and fun loving the whole time. <laughs> I will say that's one thing is for me, th- there's a lot of attempt at humor in, in this movie. Most of it fell pretty flat for yeah. me. Like I I definitely didn't LOL at any parts. There, there there were maybe a few parts where I went like, oh, yeah, I guess that's amusing. Right. Um, there was one part where like in our theater, I, I heard a woman laughing at one point that I was like... I was like, okay, I don't think it's that funny, but right. I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, probably the most amusing part of the film, though. Um, you know, I I kind of wonder how much 
money do you think this movie is going to make? Because I, I was kind of surprised because um, our theater, at least, didn't have as many showings of this movie as I think even Black Adam did. Right. And so I'm wondering if they're thinking, like, maybe it won't make much. And, like, we saw it on, on you know, Friday night. And, like, our particular theater didn't have a lot of people in it. Yeah. You know, I'm not 100% sure, but from my perspective i did kind of have that thinking that well i don't i don't know how much james gunn was involved in this movie i think it was made before he got on board yeah i don't don't think he really had any involvement yeah so i mean there is the he he might have had input on on one of the like after credit scenes that we'll get into but beyond that i don't think he had much right so i think that could have been what kind of deterred people because he is taking over now and it could kind of go in a different direction and i don't know how much that's that's what i was saying earlier i don't know how much people thought this would be a part of the universe moving forward yeah i kind of wonder if if that'll have it i mean i think for like um flash and um even aquaman too like those those characters are big enough to where i think uh, the whole thing of people were like well everything's just going to reboot anyway like maybe it won't affect those ones as much but like yeah this one i think some people um, that were on the fence probably were like, well, it's just Shazam, and like, eh, it's probably going to reset anyway. So yeah. I can definitely see that uh, yeah, affecting. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing going into it. I thought maybe this is going to be like a one-off, and it just gets washed down the drain afterwards. But yeah, I'm kind of curious to see like how this does box office-wise. You know, Ant-Man, I don't think we talked about this, but Ant-Man, you know, it did... Um, that first opening weekend was like the biggest opening of the Ant-Man movies, but then it kind of fell off a cliff, mm. you know, and didn't do very well overall. So like, I, I, I don't know if it's superhero fatigue or just like, uh, you know, particular movies that aren't doing well. I mean, uh, just talking about Marvel phase five, I think we're on. Uh, yeah, I think we just started five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it hasn't had the best start. You know, the some of the shows have been lackluster, and the movies have been kind of mediocre, you know, some of them. So it hasn't really built up the same uh, uh, steam that we had after, like, Civil War and Winter Soldier and those kinds of movies, which I thought were better. I do feel like with those these things, though, like, everything can be, like, forgiven again once you get, like, a, a couple good things. Right. Like, w- once you, like have a couple good things in a row people will get back on board again yeah once you start tying in a few pieces from each movie and make it like uh, an interesting intriguing story then all of a sudden that recipe's back together for infinity war you know oh i did have one thing i wanted to talk to you about that it, that is still in, in the spoiler free zone mm-hmm. so like you know the kids they say shazam they turn into their super powered selves now my thinking is that like what they look like as adult superheroes is like presumably what they would look like as adults if they were in like good shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, you know, Mary Marvel, because she's already an adult, like she looks the same as Mary and as Mary Marvel. Mm -hmm. But like they even mentioned like um, that Billy is like almost 18, almost an adult, but like him and Zachary (laughs) Levi do not look alike. (laughs) And like, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> a little, I thought that was a little bit weird. I mean, I, I get that, like, they can't really do anything about that. Like, you kind of have to have, you know, an adult, act, a different right. actor playing that role. But I just thought it was a little bit funny. Yeah, that's true. I think they they probably should have initially changed Mary up a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. Also, it probably wasn't as jarring in the first movie because the kid that played Billy was a lot right. younger. Yeah. But, like, now that he... That's the problem with kids, man. Once they get in that teenage 
group like they just age so quickly i couldn't even recognize him like i was like wait that's that's billy batson is a grown man (laughs) (laughs) you know uh in avatar 2 there's um i mean very slight spoiler for avatar 2 there's um um one like human kid um that's basically raised in the navi And uh, James Cameron was talking about how, like, you know, he had to film uh, multiple movies at once because he's like, that kid is already too mm. big. Like, okay. like he's already aged out. Like, like he can't go back and reshoot scenes with that kid because he's already like so much taller, so much bigger. Oh. Just you know, so looks so wildly different. He's like, he's like, if I had to maybe do something with one of the kids that play the Navi, you know, he can use the technology just to digitally recreate the navi and maybe do voice or whatever you know mm-hmm. but he's like with that kid we had to get everything because like that kid's he's like that kid's already like so much bigger than he was in the movie <laughs> you know so it's a, it's interesting you know with yeah, kids it's always a risk well enough of the small talk should we get into uh more spoiler filled territory let's do it all right guys spoilers ahead um so let's see here let me get out my notes i did um uh, uh take a Put down as much as I could remember. Uh, I'll have you, uh, you know, fill in the blanks and, and feel free to jump in whenever you want to talk about something. Right. Uh, so as we, we open the movie, we open inside a, a Greek museum. At least I think that's what they say is uh, it's in Greece, right? I'm not sure. If, yeah, I think it was. I think Greece. later on they say. Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought at the beginning, and we're doing we're dealing with all this like Greek mythology in here, yeah. and so I kind of figure. Um, so on display is the staff that Billy broke at the end of the first movie. And like, I actually, it's been so long since I watched the first movie. I didn't remember him breaking that, but they, they even at some point in the movie, like flash back to him breaking and showing it. So right. uh, I think um, Professor Ivo was the villain of the first movie. He was using the staff. Billy got it and, and broke mm-hmm. it so that he couldn't use it anymore. Um, I, I thought this was interesting and I, I didn't think about it right away, but so there's this guy who's like, um, you know, one of the uh, guys that works at the museum, and he kind of like is the, I guess the, the tour guide for that part of the museum, and right. like tells people about the staff and stuff. He is played by an actor. I looked it up. His name is Rizwan Manji. I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but he plays the janitor on Peacemaker. Oh, that's right. So I just thought, it, you know, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, I guess is is like very. Um, uh, I don't know if they're still as, as clamped down on this, but like from I've heard at Marvel, like if you play a certain role, even if it's a tiny role in the MCU, like that's who you are in the MCU, and they don't like to have you play another person. Okay. But this guy, I don't know if this slipped through the cracks or DC is just not as on the ball of this stuff. Uh-huh. But uh, or maybe that guy has a twin brother, <laughs> or maybe it's just like a fun little callback, like. Marvel has that one guy who uh, who's always on the bus pointing things out, and who'd be like, "Do a flip, Spider Man." Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was funny that uh, they ended up using that same actor. Yeah. Um, so Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu show up dressed as like um, I guess Greek soldiers. They got like the the big like uh, yeah, they're like Spartans or something. Yeah, Spartan helmets <laughs> and everything. Um, and and they're they uh, are after the staff. So they get the staff, uh, and security tries to stop them. Uh, but Lucy Liu has like these, I wrote down like whisper zombie powers where she like whispers in the air, ear of people and it like kind of like takes them over. And so then they, you know, well, it's, it's weird because initially they're saying that they didn't have any powers at all. 
and then they touch the staff, which is broken, and uh, each one touches half of the staff, and they get their powers back. And then she starts whispering and stuff, and that's all that stuff starts going off. But initially, I don't think they even had powers, so trying to break into that thing, you know, somebody could have stopped them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was a little bit murky on on their whole backstory because they mentioned yeah that like their magic was taken from them or their yeah. father or whatever yeah but like i didn't know if they were because like the staff because it's broken like i was under the impression that it didn't have like any magic in it but something did happen when they touched yeah. it right so are we to believe they were like totally powerless until they touched it is that what you think that's the impression i got so maybe they got just like remnants of magic and it was enough to boot some of their powers that's what it seems like yeah the staff still had something left in it and uh it's strange because i we'll get further into this but they were initially from a different world it seems yes and so i don't know how they got to earth from where they were from without powers it's never explained yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) but yeah it does seem like they're not just like from ancient greece necessarily it seems like maybe they're from like some alternate like magical land or some sort of god realm or something Yeah. yeah and also like so in this beginning scene which is the scene that freaked out um uh lester's kid is Lucy Lou, she starts, um, like, whispering. She whispers into one guy's ear, and he becomes, like, a zombie, and he goes and attacks another person, whispers into their ear. They, And I'm thinking, like, we'll get to it. They, they kind of contain this this group eventually. But, like, if they didn't, would that just be, like, a zombie virus that spread across their globe? Yeah, I don't know how that <laughs> hasn't happened before, like, considering that they ruled over humans before, too. Like... Uh, there was nothing to stop it from taking over. I don't understand how it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it seems like she alone could really rule the earth well, they, if she wanted. Yeah, they only stopped it because they encased everybody. But otherwise, it could have totally kept going. Yeah. Huh. And Helen Mirren, she has like telekinesis where she can just like stop people, you know, freeze well, them. Well, she, she has like uh, elemental powers. So uh, she controls the elements, I suppose. I don't know. Um. So, so then, and this is what contained contains it they basically turn everybody into stone yeah like she this she makes dust out of the statue and it just goes around turns everybody into stone and poor uh peacemaker janitor guy they tip him over bust him (laughs) Um, and and this is where you start seeing the mean streak in calypso yeah you definitely get the sense that lucy lou is like uh hates humanity yeah she's definitely the more villainous of the two yeah um, Helen Mirren mentions, um, cause I think Lucy Lou says like, why don't we just go like dominate the humans or something, something to that effect. And Helen Mirren's like, uh, mentions that they, ha- they must be careful because like it, the wizard must've chose like a deserving champion, you know, mm. uh, which cuts, uh, to Shazam. And this was like a scene in the trailer where he's like talking to a pediatrician as though he's like a psychiatrist. And he's like saying he's not worthy of his powers. Right. And he basically kind of recaps like the first film here basically yeah. this is exposition like oh yeah my my mom abandoned me my dad walked out on me i fought all these like dragon all these monsters or something of this professor that was trying to kill me basically you know recaps the yeah. the the first film um he, he mentions like he's got to go um deal with a hostage situation which is really like billy playing like a call of duty type game with his his family and so they have this scene in their home where we're just kind of reintroduced to all the shazam like family characters 
um, Freddy, he's the one that walks on a crutch. And he's actually the one that's probably used the most in this movie. Right. Uh, there's Mary, who's who's like the adult one, kind of. Um, Darla was like the little sister type. Yeah. Um, and then we got... She's like kind of nerdy, I guess. Yeah. And then we got... Uh, Heavy set Latino Shazam, who's who's gay. Pedro. Yeah, yeah and then um, Asian. Yeah, <laughs> Asian Shazam. Who <laughs> I, I don't remember their names, so I'm just like Asian Shazam. <laughs> um, um, let's see. And uh, there's also that uh, kind of conversation he has with his uh, pediatrician about how he has, he's been overbearing and or. Does he mention that he's the one? Oh, he's been the one trying to keep the family together. Yes, they make this whole point about like how he's very like trying to um, keep the family together. Like um, he he's always telling them like if there's a mission, they go all or none. Like yeah. they're all going or, or none of them are going. But like all of them are like trying to be independent and kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so you get this sense that because he grew up kind of like on his own that now that he has a family, he's like, you know, he's got this psychological thing where he's like desperate to keep everybody together. Right. Um, but speaking of this whole thing, uh, he, he sees that like Freddie is listening, uh, to his earbuds and like, um, he, he notices that Freddie is like trying to sneak out. Freddie hears that there's like, um, a bridge in the city that's collapsing and he's going to go out on his own, which, I don't know if I necessarily understand that unless, like, Freddy's just, like, trying to get some glory all on his own or something. Because it seems like that's a job that, like, he would be okay with, like, having the others yeah. go out on. But um, but anyway, since Billy catches them, like, they do decide to, to go out. And we get that shot from the trailer where, like, all, all like, six kids are walking in the alley. They say Shazam. And they're mm-hmm. instantly, you know, transformed in, into their Shazam selves. Um. Oh, and also... Uh, I just wanted to mention because this comes back later. Like Billy, at this point, refuses to call his foster mom mom. Right. Like he calls her Rosa or whatever her name is. Yeah. Uh, so now we get kind of a montage uh, with the uh, bridge collapsing. We get Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero, of course. Oh right. I'm, n- I'm never gonna uh, criticize playing that song. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're basically we get them all with their hero moments. They're saving everybody. Um, at one point, Darla like steals like these cute a cute oh, cat from uh, yeah i thought it was a fun little bridge scene you know showing showing like a calamity happening and everybody working together to solve it and it it ex- it went on for a while and it kind of got worse and worse as like the bridge was you know getting in worse condition and eventually collapsing and uh the whole scene just kind of worked for me i thought it was fun to watch. yeah i thought it was like a fine like introduction scene to like it- Another thing is like if someone missed the first movie, you get you it, it gives you the sense of like okay, so they this can, this is what they can do. Right. This is what they look like as their superhero selves. You know, it, it was a good like introduction yeah. uh, scene. Um, so they save all the people, but the bridge still ends up colla- collapsing, and this causes the media to call them I, something like the fiascos or I, I don't, yeah, yeah, the flying uh, fiasco. I don't remember, like that, yeah. uh, but you know that is something. Um, I've seen in other movies too, even though I can't think of a good example, where it's like, 
I think people would be a little more grateful. Spider-Man, he gets it back. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, like no matter how many people he saves, like there's going to be something where like, no, he's a menace and he's actually <laughs> like trying to kill people, but he somehow saved all Right? <laughs> it's, it's always like so convoluted that people wouldn't just be like, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Right. <laughs> he's in the streets fighting the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and also just... Uh, so Darla like kidnaps one of the or she takes one of the kittens but later says she's going to give it back so you right. know she's still good or whatever. She does mention like I think she calls it um this is all like a little easter egg. In, in the Shazam comics there's like um uh, a tiger I think it's called like Tawny the Tiger or something oh. and she calls it that. So it's it was just like a little easter egg there. Okay. Um Billy has a team meeting with everybody at the Rock of Eternity. Um, but again, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Um, Asian Shazam is studying all the like doors that go to various places. Now, I don't know if you'll remember this. Cause like I said, it's been, I just saw the, the first Shazam movie when it came out and I, I never revisited it. And I did remember there was something about them going through doors that transported them to other places, but I couldn't remember if they just had like a magical thing to let them you know, go to any door. I didn't remember this whole like hall of weird doors. Yeah, I did not remember that at all. And which we'll get to it, but there's a scene later on where I'm like, well, can they conjure doorways themselves? Because they conveniently use one at one point that I'm like, how did they do this? But uh, yeah. we'll get to it. Um, and also like Mary uh, is studying like a science book or something. Now, I, I was a little confused with her because she mentions like something like um, I didn't know if she was actually like studying for college or because I thought she mentioned something about like you know how she got a job and but maybe should be going to college or something. So I did I wasn't sure if she was actually yeah going she, to college she wanted to go to college but uh, I think she had put that on the back burner or something because of the family. Um. But basically, I think everybody kind of leaves, and then it's just Mary and Billy. And Mary says, uh, tells Billy that he's going to age out of the system in a few months. And so, like, the checks that his foster parents are getting for him will end at that time. So he kind of needs to do, um, think about doing what she's doing, which is getting a job and kind of, or moving out and, like, you know, being being an adult, you know. Um. So now we find out that the wizard didn't die in the first movie. Uh, but was instead imprisoned. Now, this is another thing. Like, I hadn't watched the first movie, and so I didn't remember this. But apparently, that w- the wizard like gets turned into like a pile of ash. They they mention it, yeah, uh, and and was seemingly dead. But apparently, he wasn't dead. He was transported to this like prison, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm not as, sure why. As soon as the staff broke, I guess the the barrier or whatever was keeping them like disconnected from that other realm i guess that broke down and then uh once the once that broke down they had the ability to capture him but i i don't know if they had magic to catch him so i don't i don't know how that worked oh yeah i forgot they they do mention later on in the movie that as soon as he like broke the wand or the staff like that did cause like the opening, like yeah. between, I guess, the world that Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu come from, and right. and their world. So I guess, again, a, a little confusing on their backstory. Yeah. Um. So now the daughters of Atlas, um, 
because wherever this prison is, that's where they are too. They they go there and they basically force the wizard to mend the wand and and make it magical again. But he like we see him do something with the wand and basically he purposely like gets a splinter of the magical wood in the wand like to go under his fingernail. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> and then like <laughs> I think I'm probably missing a scene in between here, but he he then we see him like pull out this bloody splinter out of his fingernail, and he apparently because it's magic, he he um, uses that he turns it into this thing that can go send Billy a message. So now Billy is like having this like Wonder Woman sex dream kind of yeah. <laughs> where like he takes Wonder Woman to this like fancy dinner, and just as he's about to kiss her, like. That's when the the wizard like you know interrupts the dream and like takes over the body of Wonder yeah. Woman basically, which definitely looked weird. Yeah, because it had still her body in his face. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I guess that was kind of amusing, but yeah. a little weird. Yeah. Again, not like laugh out loud funny, but you're like, oh, okay, right. Maybe if I was a kid, I would laugh at this. Um. So yeah, he warns Billy, um, in the dream. Um, that the daughters of Atlas are going to be coming for him, basically. Now, when he tells people about this dream, like, they just trust him. They're just, like, not like, oh, you had a weird dream. Everybody has weird dreams, pal. Right. Um, but um, uh, Billy wakes up from that dream to discover that Freddy went out superheroing on his own again because, like, his window's open and, and Freddy's gone. Right. Um, we get another quick needle drop, uh, <laughs> uh, the Beastie Boys sabotage, uh, and Freddy apparently is going to go save this armored truck, but we don't actually see that because it cuts directly to, um, Freddy in, in school. Um, he meets this cute, uh, new girl in school. Uh, yeah, I said he, or he has a meet cute with Anne, who is the new girl in school. Um, we see Freddy gets bullied, but Anne kind of likes how he's, it stands up to the bullies. Yeah, and like, I think he was like, he was protecting her at one point, and she thought that was pretty cool, you know, like because she didn't really need protection, <laughs> right? And we get like a um, a random cameo by Diedrich Bader, who's the um, like a teacher there, but he like seemingly like even though he knows that Freddie just got bullied, he he doesn't really help him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because I was thinking, okay, he's gonna like pack the bullies off or something no he doesn't (laughs) um so ann mentions that she heard about freddy um uh sitting with shazam and superman uh which happens at the end of the first movie right um and um so they have this lunch scene at the cafeteria where like um they're sitting at that same table um so billy shows up and uh and tells and like quickly meets Anne, but like tells Freddie that they need, he needs to talk to him like right now, like it's an emergency. So Billy and Freddie go outside and, um, Billy basically tells Freddie that like, um, like there's an emergency, there's, we're going to have a meeting and you have to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and Freddie agrees to it. But then Freddie basically flakes on that meeting and to hang out with Anne yeah, some more. On a rooftop. Right. Um, this is a school's rooftop, right? Yes. Okay. So basically, there's two scenes going on right now: uh, the meeting with Billy and the other team members, and then um, Anne and Freddie on, on the roof of the school. Um, so Billy tells the others about his message from the wizard. Um, gay Hispanic Shazam shows the team this um, magical library that they apparently didn't know 
about. Yeah, how did they... <laughs> like, they never explored uh, this rock of eternity, like, <laughs> just him, I guess. Um, and anyway, there's this magical library where there's, like, flying books and stuff, and uh, he introduces them to Steve, which is, like, this sentient pen that can, like, write letters, uh, like, or find him, like, books and mm. answer like, questions for him and stuff. It's like chat GPT, but <laughs> a sentient fan. Um, and so they want to basically get information on the daughters of Atlas. Um, so now it cuts to Freddie and Ann on the on the high school roof, like we were talking about. Um, and and Freddie says he can call um, a superhero friend, basically trying to impress Ann. Yeah. <laughs> now this I thought was a little bit weird. So like he basically gets on the phone pretends that he's calling his his superhero friend and he kind of walks behind the like the stairwell there that's on the top of the building and then of course like he shows up as his superhero uh self and i wrote um he has a conversation with ann who talks about freddie like he's not there and doesn't seem to question that he's obviously gone right <laughs> i just found this so weird because it's like um She's not like, um, hey, Freddie, where'd you go? Like, you have to be, like, right there. But no, I'm just going to talk to the – so, like, a part of me was like, okay, does she, like, already know that he's him and, and is just kind of like – that That was my thought. But then we find out that's yeah, not the case. Right. So I was like, okay, then that makes it really confusing. She has no object permanence. <laughs> um. So now we cut back to the team, and they discover that the daughters of Atlas, uh, Hespera, who is Helen Mirren, and Calypso, who is Lucy Liu, um, stole the staff, and they have a third sister named Anthea, who Billy instantly puts together is Freddie's new friend, Anne, even though he met her for literally like a second. Oh, well, Billy's a hater. He doesn't believe that his friend can make it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that was a really convenient thing to <laughs> yeah. happen. Um, so now we cut back to the uh, roof, and Helen Mirren and Lucy Lou show up. They zap Freddy with the staff, which removes his superpower. Um, Lucy Lou... Um, Oh, yeah, and I wrote, Anne seemed shocked to find out that that superhero was actually Freddy. <laughs> right. And I was just like, when, once that happened, I was like, what? <laughs> so I guess, I mean, we know now that since she was working with her sisters, I guess the reason she was at that school was just because Shazam had been seen there before with right. Freddy and not because she already knew that Freddy was a superhero. Um but yeah, I was a little confused because it makes that scene before, like I was saying, just seem a little stupid. Yeah. Um, th this was, I felt like a little bit dark and unnecessary, but Lucy, um, so Diedrich Bader shows back up and Lucy Lou d uses her whisper powers to make Diedrich Bader just like jump off the roof r and kill himself. Yeah. Like, I was kind of hoping Diedrich Bader would be like a, a mainstay. Like he, he'd be like the school, you know, representative in these movies. But, <laughs> yeah. They just had him walk off the side of the building. And, uh, I guess, you know, that's the to drive home that you know lucy Liu's character is this like mean you know kind of sadistic character now we find out that even though like Anne is like you know trying trying to fulfill like one of the goals of her sister she is still like basically a good person right and we find out 
just in a second that she has powers of her own. So you would think that maybe, just maybe, she would have tried to save Diedrich Bader's life, but she didn't. True, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe she didn't want to, I don't know, disappoint her sisters right there or something. But Yeah, she seemed like she was just kind of like going with whatever they wanted. Yeah. Um, so in the distance, like, Freddy, I guess, spots Billy um, flying towards him, trying to save him. And so now we're introduced to Anne's powers, and she basically has, like, these kind of Doctor Strange powers where she can, like, manipulate, like, her surroundings. So, like, she starts making, like, skyscrapers, like, try to hit Billy. A part of me, though, is, like, what's happening to the people on the streets and stuff when this is happening or in those buildings? Like, are they getting, like, slammed around at 90 miles an hour? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, do the people in the buildings even know what's happening right now? (laughs) Because in Doctor Strange, they at least make that mirror dimension where they're, like, only fucking up the mirror dimension and and the real reality is still left untouched. Yeah. Whereas here, I'm like... What's happening to everybody? (laughs) She's literally like, she's like plate tectonics over here. (laughs) I'm like, I think you just killed like thousands of, maybe millions of people. (laughs) Trying to stop Shazam. (laughs) Um, But anyway, she she makes uh, Billy like fly right into a a skyscraper and, and, you know, slows him down. Um, um, The rest of the team show up, but the daughters of Atlas escape by taking Freddy hostage. So they, like, carve a platform out of the roof and fly him out. Uh, Billy, like, um, ends up pursuing them, but is cut off because they cast, like, this magic dome over the city. Mm-hmm. Now, why did they do that exactly? Well, I think their realm was kind of treated that way when uh, they were cut off from uh, the real world, I guess. So they said that their realm died in a similar way. So I, I guess they want to do the same thing to, uh, to to this world. Yeah, I was a little confused by that. I didn't know like if they were like, okay, we eventually need to get the power from all these champions, so maybe we want to try to contain them in in one area, or like I I just wasn't sure exactly. Mm-hmm. And and also like I feel like um, maybe like the the people in this is in Philadelphia, right? I think so. Yeah, like. They don't seem as freaked out by the dome as like you would maybe think they would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're annoyed by it. There's a scene later where a guys like, "Hey, what are you gonna do about this dome?" <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's as big as deal as as you would think it would be for them. It'd be devastating for their economy. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> also, like food wise, I know they're not growing food inside that dome. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, people aren't as freaked out about the dome as they should be. Yeah. Um. So they go back, the team goes back to the library, and Billy has um, Steve the Pen write a letter uh, that can fly to the daughters of Atlas. And I didn't even pick up that this was going to be a a plot point at first, but he's like kind of playing with this black apple in the library. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even like put together that it was like anything. And like it eventually comes back, but like, did what? Like, did you at that point think that that was going to play any part in the movie? I just thought it was like set dressing. I thought it was just because like there was a point where the wizard tries to to d- tell um, Billy during that dream, I think, uh, to not give them the and it starts with like an S and I like figured, the seed seed yeah and I figured that maybe the apple was the seed. Okay, yeah, he, they do mention like something about a magical seed mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess i just didn't put it together that that apple was anything <laughs> mm-hmm. um so billy's plan is to lure 
Helen Mirren uh, in a trap to get Freddie back where they'll like lure her in, but then they'll basically all like secretly be there and like gang up on her. Um, So now we cut to Freddie, who we find out was in in, in prison next to the wizard. Um, And like they have this whole like back and forth joke where like the wizard calls him by the wrong name. And it's never that funny, but they keep doing it throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, You know, the wizard character in this in these movies is my favorite character so far. Oh, really? Just because like I think there's a lot of history and intrigue behind this character that we don't know about yet. And he was part of this war against the gods, and you know he's the wizard who gives people powers, and he's thousands of years old. I'd really like to learn more about his character. Yeah, and I can't re- really remember like in the first movie, like if it really got into his backstory yeah. or not. I think like we found out he was just like old as hell and needed to give his power to someone. Right. Oh, and he'd been like searching for a long time to find Billy, right? Yeah, or somebody who was worthy of the power. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Billy's worthy, and he instantly shares it with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is actually kind of smart. You got, like, six Supermen walking around or whatever. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, oh, also, like, um, not that it's important, but, like, um, in the earlier scene when they were at the library, like, the pen writes down what Shazam means, like, the wisdom of Solomon, and, like, there's, like, the power of Zeus and, like, the speed of Mercury, and I forget all the other ones, but it... it that's directly from the comics as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it it wouldn't really make sense, but it would kind of be cool if, like, since he shared his powers, like, if each of them, like, embodied one of those characteristics yeah. and was a little more different. So, like, there was, like, a really speedy one that was more like the Flash and then, right. like, a power. I think that would maybe be cool. I thought that would be cool, too. You know, they do kind of mention because, like, you know, you're supposed to have the wisdom of Solomon, Solomon but Billy's kind of an idiot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it would have made sense to make the nerdy girl, like, the wisdom one. Right. You know, make... Or or even maybe Mary. Yeah, right. Like, I forget what all the power... But yeah, I think that would have been cool, because really, they just all see... When they're superhero form, they're just kind of all the same. Yeah. yeah. And I think it would be cool if, like, maybe Billy was the powerful one, and, you know, one of them was a speedster, and I, you know, I forget all the other characteristics. Right. Like, we just, one of them was really smart and strategic, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, I think I think that would maybe be cooler and make them have their own identities yeah. a little more then they definitely have to work as a team together too <laughs> um so yeah freddie and the wizard are in prison um they're taken before uh, the daughters of atlas um lucy lou um uh starts to torture freddie using her whisper powers to make him give up the the names of of the other kids um but just as he's going through that um their flying note shows up um and Helen Mirren reads it. And basically, this was another um, uh, humor thing where, like, they he didn't realize that when he was dictating the letter that S- the Steve DePen was writing down every single oh, word. Yeah. And so, like, we get his, his commentary and stuff or him talking to the other people. Wow. That was, that was actually okay. I didn't yeah, I was that. like, that's the, the, and that's the part where the woman in the theater we were in actually was laughing. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's an amusing bit, I guess, but yeah. I didn't find it that funny. Right. Um, after that, Freddie and the wizard are thrown in a pit, uh, with a, uh, a wooden dragon that's, um, I guess he, he makes people feel, uh, like fear, like to a high degree, so they kind of get like frozen in, in place. Um, the dragon almost kills them, but then all of a sudden they're saved by Anne, who is still sweet on Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that seemed kind of forced to me, the whole Anne and Freddy thing, just because she's a thick 6,000 year old god, 
And you're telling me she was impressed by this mortal after like five minutes or something? <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to that 6,000-year-old thing later. But like, I don't – like, they had decent chemistry. Like, I didn't mind like their kind of meet cute and flirting and thing. But yeah, you're probably right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She probably wouldn't have been that impressed with yeah. him. Um, so I, th- I thought this was a little uh, weird and, and convenient too. Um, and brings them to this labyrinth and she's like, okay, take like two lefts and a right or something right. and you'll get to the center of the labyrinth. At the center of the labyrinth, there's a door that'll lead back to your world. And I'm like, bitch, you couldn't just take us right to the door with your power? <laughs> like, we, we gotta go through this time-consuming maze? That could potentially kill you if you don't find <laughs> where you're supposed to go. And also, like, it seems like when they threw them down in that pit, like, the other two were seemingly just going to let the dragon kill them. Yeah. But, like, did they not, even as a backup plan, want Freddy? Because, like, that's the whole thing is, like, before they were, like, saying, like, we'll return Freddy, you know, if you'll give us your powers or whatever. Like, I don't know. I guess I mean, they are villains, but I was like, did they not want him at in case the, the other people would, like, kind of go along with yeah, that? Yeah, just I for don't. leverage. Just for leverage, yeah. Um, so now Helen Mirren meets with Shazam at this like outdoor restaurant. Um, she says that she's trying to get back the magic that was stolen from her family. I did like, kind of like this line, um, she tells Billy where she's like, you know, if someone stole your gold and gave it to your neighbor, like, would you try to get it back? And I was like, I kind of like that explanation. Yeah. Um, as far as how, how she feels about it. Um, so now I I thought this was pretty stupid. So Billy like springs his trap. Um, so all his other like team members show up, but then I put, he stupidly forgets about Lucy Lou altogether. (laughs) Like who instantly shows up. Um, she zaps away the, uh, uh, gay Hispanic Shazam's, uh, power. Um, I I forget the character. Pedro, was it Pedro? Pedro. Um, Shazam fights Helen. Uh, he like, like hits her and like knocks her like underground like under the street or whatever which i thought was hilarious like if you actually imagine helen mirren getting pummeled into the ground <laughs> i was like are they gonna show her trying to get up like her old self trying to- <laughs> it is kind of weird like this woman you know is like really old <laughs> yeah. like getting the shit beat out of her yeah. <laughs> Also, like, we're rooting for the guy that's beating up this old thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but really, once he gets down there, like, Helen Mirren basically starts, like, beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, she's definitely, like, seems more powerful. And I think eventually, like, uh, Mary and uh, maybe Darla get down there as well. And she, like, beats them and gets them, like, wrapped around in wire and stuff. Yeah, this this confuses me about their, like, power scale. Because, like, they're, they're pretty much Superman, right? And you're telling me these cables are, like, binding them and, like, crushing them? Yeah. 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 You have to suspend your disbelief there. Like. I mean, I guess we're to believe that Helen Mirren's, like, telekinetic powers are also very powerful. Oh, maybe she's the one who's keeping the rope, like, yeah. bound like that. I guess so. Okay. But it does seem like, like, what's the limit on, on her power, you know? Right. It's as powerful as the writers need her to be. Yeah, yeah I mean, th- they have the same powers of the gods that she does, right? <laughs> yeah, it would seem like, even if she's, like, her powers are powerful, that when once... 
you get like three people with like almost Superman level power. Yeah. She would be easily beaten. Yeah. Um, she gets the upper hand on Shazam until he finally uses his speed to knock her out because basically she's like forming this like ball of like, I don't know, concrete and stuff. And she's going to, and she makes it fly at him, but then he moves at the last second and it hits her. Um, so the team escape with Helen Mirren's bot. So this is what confused me. They is, um, escape with Helen Mirren's body through an outhouse door. So to me, they never explain this. Did they have the power to make the outhouse door a portal door? Or did they choose that location because they found out, oh, we have a door that leads to this location? That I don't think they ever say. I also wonder, do they have the staff? Do they get the staff away from Lucy Liu at the time? Maybe they used that to make a door? I'm not sure. I I don't think they get the staff away from her at this okay. point. I think, I mean, I could be misremembering, but I don't think they do. Right. I might just be trying to put that together. I, I don't know. I don't know how they made the door there. I mean, if they mentioned this, I missed it, but... You know, they could have covered their tracks by saying like, oh, we picked the location because we have a door. Right. But also, does it make sense for a Porta John door that's always moving and could be anywhere to... Yeah, and those doors seem like they're going to pretty specific like ancient places like the labyrinth and like this place of nightmares and death or dreams or whatever it is. Like a Porta Potty would be like a weird place for one of those doors to go to. <laughs> Or does, does the hallway of doors literally have, like, every door ever? Like, and they found one that, that goes to a port. You know, it would make more sense if they found one that went to a portageon and then they themselves moved the portageon where they needed it to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. But they don't, they never say. So yeah. I'm like, I'm, uh, I don't know. I was, I'm sure I could watch the first movie and find out more right. <laughs> about the doors, but yeah. I didn't. So here we are. <laughs> um... So yeah, they escape through the door, and this this I thought was some flimsy writing that well eventually limbs too. Like once they get through the door, they're like, "Oh, we can really still smell that outhouse smell." They meant they mentioned that to set up something later that I think it's kind of weak. But mm-hmm. um, so Shazam imprisons Helen Mirren, and he at the Rock of Eternity, and he tell I forget what his exact line was, but he tells her that basically only champions like them could escape or. He, he, I wish I remembered his exact line because basically after they leave, she instantly escapes. So I'm like, what was he talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that part. He, he does mention something like about how only the, ch- maybe only the champions can come to the Rock of Eternity. But then like, I don't remember. The, it, he had some line that made it seem like she couldn't get out and then she instantly gets out. And yeah. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> um, so she goes um to the library and she steals the black apple and we eventually we basically find out that this was her plan all along to get captured yeah they left her in a cell with nobody watching her and they all went away (laughs) and then somebody came back just to see (laughs) yeah because darla was like oh i'll bring her the the yellow skittles that aren't very good and like found out she escaped but i'm like I can't think of like any great examples off the top of my head, but the whole I got uh, captured on purpose cliche I think is used too much. Yeah. Like you do see that in a lot of fiction. Yeah. I mean, it just, it seems like there's too many holes in that plan, you know, to get captured by, yeah. 
like five or six supermen and then have your plan to steal from them and escape right yeah it seems like they if that was her plan she could have got captured like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) more easily maybe that would have tipped him off um so now um and this is exactly why i guess they didn't have Anne bring Freddy and the wizard directly to the door because like they needed them to be wasting enough time, like trying to get to the center of the labyrinth that uh, they would get there just as Helen Mirren was uh, stepping through the doorway. So basically they see her um, take the black apple and turn it to gold. And the wizard recognizes that's like the seed of life uh, that they were after. And that the daughters of Atlas can now use to regrow their kingdom. Um, so now instead of going through the door, doorway, Freddy and the wizard basically follow and eaves, eavesdrop on the daughters. Um, so Anne wants to plant the seed back in their magical homeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lucy Lou wants to plant it on Earth and wipe out humanity. And Helen Marin, I guess, is a little bit in between. But we get the sense that she's seemingly more on Anne's side. Like, yeah. like. Yeah, I thought the plan, you know, was to plant it in our our homeland. Um, So now we cut back to the team, and that's when they realized that Helen Mirren had escaped. So they tracked down the door that she used because they say it still smelled like the outhouse from earlier. Right. And I was like, this seemed like weak-ass writing to me. Like, I don't know what the better play would have been, but I was like... They didn't put much thought into this. Like, it's the best they... C- I think I think this was like a second pass over the script or something where they're like, oh, we need to find a reason of how they found the door. Yeah. And that's what we went with. But to me, it didn't make much sense. Yeah, it was kind of weak. Um, so, Freddy um, uh, tries to sneak in and steal the apple. And he gets it, but he instantly, like, tips over, like, a cauldron or something. And, and they catch him. Um, but Shazam shows up at that time uh distracts him and grabs the wand and then this was like i thought really kind of stupid because like i guess they need lucy lou to have the wand so like he basically like tosses it to freddy but because freddy's unpowered and lucy lou is powered like she easily just like grabs it back but like freddy's close enough that he touches his cane to the staff says shazam and he gets his powers back so now Shazam, Freddy, the wizard, and I don't remember, did the rest of the Shazam team actually follow them into there, or did they hold stay back in the... I'm not 100% sure. No. I think they weren't in that scene. Uh, but Shazam, Freddy, and the wizard uh, escape with the apple, but Lucy Lou still has the staff. Uh, so Lucy Lou now sticks the, the wooden fear dragon on them, and we, we see it like uh, break through the door at the, the Rock of Eternity. Um, so now they all rush into, um, like, their foster parents' uh, bedroom and reveal that they're all uh, superheroes to them. And, like, before that, though, like, even their parents were, like, asleep in bed. And I, I, was, I was even at that point thinking, like, oh, well, they're not too concerned about the dome over the city or anything. Yeah. Like, they're living their lives as normal. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, the timeline, like, gets caught in your head to where you're like, okay, like, how long have they been gone to their parents and doing this stuff? But I don't know. Um, also, this movie continues the trope of like average looking guy with hot wife. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. That guy would never be married. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so yeah, they have this scene where like they reveal their superheroes, and they have this also uh, where at the same time I guess Pedro reveals that he's gay, and like everybody's like, yeah, we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, uh, so they all leave. Um, just as the dragon rips through and totally destroys their house, um, and now Lucy Lou is like riding uh, uh, on top of the dragon. So like they're in their van or whatever, and Lucy Lou catches up to him. Um, and she ends up, she starts zapping people with the staff and she basically takes away all, everybody's powers and they go back to kids except for Shazam and Mary. Um, I think Shazam throws, throws the apple to Mary and she goes flying away. So Lucy Lou starts pursuing her. Uh, Lucy Lou catches up to her, uh, zaps her power away too, causing her to fall. And as Billy saves Mary, uh, he, he goes and catches and saves Mary. But that gives Lucy Lou time to get away. Um, did I miss anything in there? No, that's about right. Okay. So now Lucy Lou goes to like this Philadelphia sports arena and she plants the apple seed and the tree of life starts to bloom. So now its roots like start growing into the city. We see it like, you know, breaking streets, breaking buildings, it, like almost impales this like woman. Uh, and if that's not bad enough, now the roots of the tree, it starts like giving birth to like the Greek monster. So we see like griffins, harpies, minotaurs, and, and cyclopses. Yeah. Now, one thing I was wondering is like um, somewhere down the line, like Anne mentions that like because she planted the tree here, like it, it's kind of corrupted and giving birth to like these things. But I'm like... In their ma- magic gr- Greek god realm, like would it not have given birth to these same type of creatures that are known to be there? Uh, n- the way she explains it is that it grows differently over there. It's a thing of beauty and prosperity or whatever, but over here it turns in it like it to- like a it's toxic and poisonous, and it turns the land against us. Of course, our world has to be toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically these these monsters start you know wreaking havoc. Um, okay, okay. Um, now I might have like order of operations here a bit mixed up, but I think I get the gist of it. So now, um, the the, the foster parents and the whole team uh, in the van they they basically uh, end up parking at the top of this car park. Um, Anne arrives uh, to tell them that she's I, – I forget her exact words here, but I think the gist is like she's going to try to stop what's going on, stop her sisters and, and, and like, you know, stop the chaos that's going on. And so now she has this scene with Freddie that you referenced earlier where she's um, – you know, he tells her like, no, don't do it. Like you're in danger or something. You're young. And she's like, actually, I'm 6,000 years old. And then they end up kissing. And, like, there's even a line from, like, the foster mom or something. It's like, I'm not sure if this is right. (laughs) A part of me was thinking, like, what if this was reversed where, like, Anne was their kid and Freddie was a 6,000-year-old god that presented as a teenager? Like, would would this be okay? (laughs) And I'm thinking, like, no, it would be fucked up. We would think, but here they're, you know, it's just like, nice. Like, she's cute. Nice. (laughs) It's kind of weird. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, I was just like, 
if these roles were reversed, like this movie would come to a screeching halt. Yeah, that'd definitely be a power move. <laughs> but as it goes, we're just gonna be like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. Let's pave over it. Um, so Billy is like uh, really like afraid. And basically just wants to give his powers back to the wizard and have the wizard deal with this. He feels like out of his depth, basically. Um, but the wizard refuses. And he, he I don't remember exactly what he says, but he kind of gives Billy some sort of inspirational speech about why he chose him. And that ends up like giving Billy the confidence um, to... Which is weird because the whole movie, the wizard's like, why did I choose this kid? And then, <laughs> I know. And then at the end, he's like, see, I made the right decision. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, I did write, Billy has a touching moment with his foster mom where he finally calls her mom, which it, I guess that, it was a good emotional beat. I mean, in a movie like this, there's not a lot of time to really set that up. It's it's yeah. not like, because it's not like they had a, uh, uh, a shitty relationship. Like, he definitely, yeah. like, liked her yeah i was surprised he wouldn't call her mom because he was so intent on having a family you know but uh yeah i'm glad he got to that point <laughs> yeah it was a good scene yeah um um let's see so now we get Anne. um she pleads for lucy Lou to stop uh and and uh i think that's where she mentions it like you know the tree was meant to be planted in in our land where it would have been beautiful, but here, like it's destroying everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was Lucy Lou's intention because she hates humanity. Um, but now Helen Mirren um, ends up agreeing with Anne uh, that it's wrong what they're doing. So I don't know if Lucy Lou actually can control the dragon, but the dragon here like impales Helen yeah. Mirren and, and seemingly uh, kills her. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure about the relationship with the dragon either because it was their father's dragon and. Uh... It seemed like Lucy Liu had like the the control over it for the most part. It did seem like that, yeah. Um, she also um, tries to kill Anne. Um, Anne uses her um, Doctor Strange like powers to like um, port herself like you know many many blocks away, but somehow the um, like Lucy Liu shot a, a bolt at her from the staff, and some somehow that bolt magically still like followed her and hits Anne and takes away her powers. Even though I didn't do that to anybody else throughout the movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because like if it could somehow follow people like that, how come they, they couldn't she couldn't have just like, okay, I'm sending out six yeah. lightning bolts and they're just gonna follow you until it hits you. Exactly. You know? Little heat seeking missiles. <laughs> it's, yeah. So that's a another like very inconsistent type thing. Um so basically, the plan now is that Billy is going to go confront Lucy Liu, while at the same time, I guess the rest of the team members are meant to distract all the um, Greek monsters um, away f- so he can deal with her. Um, so we get a scene in the van where they're talking about like what can beat these monsters, and the wizard says that the only thing that the monsters fear are unicorns, which Darla is really into. And and there was like a scene early on in the movie where like Darla made this diorama of like unicorns defeating Genghis Khan or some oh, really yeah. random thing. Yeah. Uh, so Steve the pen um, writes that unicorns, unicorns live in dark caverns and are attracted to ambrosia, um, which they mention is like, you know, a honey type substance. Um, so now we we cut to Shazam like he hits the dragon like full force into a building, 
Um, but then the dragon hits Shazam into a bunch of cars and lights him on fire with his magical fire, which actually burns and hurts Shazam. So now we know that this he can be hurt, basically, mm-hmm. with magic. Um, I might be getting some of this off of when it happens, but... So Shazam, like, throws lightning bolts, um, which, like, bounce off the dome, and they end up, like, coming back and hitting the um, staff. And he mentions that, oh, it's like a battery. Like, it's absorbing the electricity. Mm-hmm. And so I guess he gets in his head here that he can use that to kind of turn the staff into, like, a bomb or something. Right. Um, so I wrote, the team conveniently finds a unicorn in a dark cavern. <laughs> so uh, this whole thing I thought was pretty dumb. Um, and and so Darla ends up, uh, she doesn't have, you know, when they mentioned that Ambrosia was like honey, I thought, oh, maybe they'll get, go get some honey or something. Right. But no, since they set it up that she likes Skittles. Product she, placement. I know. This was such shameless <laughs> yeah, product this placement. Was brutal. It beat us over the head with this one. I agree. Like, sometimes, like, I get that these movies are expensive and they got to find a way. But sometimes product placement it gets a little outrageous. And this, oh my God, Skittles. Skittles paid their money here. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she feeds it Skittles to get the unicorns, and basically, like she feeds this one unicorn, and like a bunch of others just show up, and so Mary's like, "Oh, we're gonna need more Skittles." Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that was shameless. <laughs> For sure. uh, uh, so now Billy. Um, now I don't remember why exactly because like when when um, Billy and Lucy Lou were fighting before, it seemed like Lucy Lou. Kind of had the upper hand, but after he like hit the wand or whatever, she must have went away because they they split up at some point. Uh, so at this point, Billy ends up finding Helen Mirren and kind of zaps her back to life, and she agrees to help him. Um, and I forget he might mention that like you know something about could I turn it into a bomb? And she was like, yeah, but that would kill everybody in the bubble. And he's like, okay, I'm going to need your help for one more thing then. So now we cut to the the team as they ride a herd of unicorns and defeat the monsters. Yeah. Which again is <laughs> is pretty stupid because like, you know, they're like I guess just like impaling the monsters with the unicorn horns. Yeah. But I'm like, really? Like six of them or whatever on these unicorns can defeat all all these monsters and the harpies can fly right how are they defeating the harpies that can easily fly <laughs> i don't know it was just stupid that whole uh, <laughs> that whole subplot bothered me <laughs> yeah it, was, it seemed like just a kid-friendly thing i guess i, I guess but, but, but between the sh- shameless skittles promotion and just the, the stupidity of it yeah. and the convenience of it i i really didn't like any of that um so Oh, I forgot to mention, set this up. So, like, when the others were going to find the unicorns, Freddie happened to see Anne, who had just been depowered. So, he's been following her and, like, yelling her name, but he can't, she's too far away, he can't quite get her attention. Um, and he finally does catch up to her, but uh, just as he catches up to her, Lucy Lou shows up on the, on the dragon and is about to kill both Anne and Freddie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Billy shows up in the nick of time, grabs the dragon by the tail... And he also causes a distraction where he ends up getting the um, he he gets the staff back from Lucy Lou at this point, which he he basically uses that to lure her back to the sports arena. But a part of me is like, wouldn't it almost been smarter for him to like quickly have Freddie and Anne get their powers back 
and then like bring it to the find the others and give them their powers back so that then they could just like gang up and have a better chance i'll go a step further couldn't he just have taken lucy loose powers <laughs> with the staff <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. yeah if he would have just zapped her yeah with one with one of those that follows her of course <laughs> Lol, yeah yeah so there's a really yeah i didn't even think about that but you're right this movie does have a lot of plot holes yeah. we're finding <laughs> um okay so billy uses the staff to lure lucy lou back to the sports arena um and helen mirren uses her powers to now shrink the dome so now ju- it's just um, Shazam, Billy, um, Lucy, Lou, and the dragon in the dome. Now, I also thought this was convenient. So they needed an excuse to have Lucy Lou for a second stop paying attention to Shazam. So Lucy Lou is basically, um, you know, I wrote conveniently distracted by Helen Mirren. And so she has Helen Mirren, or um, the dragon, like, you know, blow fire towards Helen Mirren, even though she's obviously protected by the dome and the dragon can't get to her. So I thought that was kind of stupid, but basically they do that just so Billy has time to go to the edge of the dome and say goodbye to his family Mm -hmm. through the dome. And I don't even really remember what their conversation was. It was mostly like, you know, we get the sense that he's going to sacrifice himself and they're like, no, no, don't do it, Billy, basically. Um, and, and I think he has a line where he's like, oh, I was so desperate to keep us all together, but really, like, we should be apart or something. I don't know. It was- or his, he's like, you know, the way to keep us together is to keep you guys together, like, a lot. Right. Um, so Billy uses his, his lightning um, to supercharge the staff and, and, I guess, turn it into a bomb. Uh, he goes has this whole dramatic thing where the, you know, the dragon's breathing his fire. He's going through the fire using the staff. And once he gets to the dragon and Lucy Lou, he says, Shazam, the whole thing explodes and the don't. Uh, Helen Mirren turns to dust. So I guess she's dead for the good now. <laughs> or she's in a prison somewhere. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. If they do a third movie, she'll just be in, in prison. Um, and everybody's like, where's Billy? They're running. Billy, where are you? And they find Billy's dead body. Um, <laughs> so I wrote, um, they have a very unofficial funeral <laughs> where they bury Billy's body. And I'm. this was the one thing I'm like, did they... <laughs> did they notify like the the foster care system that oh this kid in our care died <laughs> oh, yeah. and we're gonna actually have you know a funeral that humans have for people <laughs> no they're just like ah, let's just find a patch of la- land and bury him well i mean that patch of land looked like it was really high up like off of a cliffside. that's another thing where was that i don't know but how it almost they... looked like they were in greece or something yeah how'd they get up there and how'd they get his body up there <laughs> i was yeah I was like wondering the same thing. Where were they? <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was funny that they're like, <laughs> I'm like, there's no way they contacted anybody about him dying. <laughs> hey, uh, foster kids. <laughs> like they don't pay. We're still getting those checks for five months, right? Um. So yeah, they're all there. And the wizard mentions that the staff has no more magic and that only a God could bestow it with magic. But all, unfortunately, all those gods are dead and right on cue. We get that metal Wonder Woman theme. (laughs) Uh, Wonder Woman shows up uh, and reignites the wand, which gives uh, gives Anne her powers back and brings Billy back to life. 
and you know him as Shazam uh, comes out of the grave. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. Like, what did you think about this? Uh, I think it had to happen if they wanted to keep him in. You know, they had to keep him in the universe, right? Like, I mean, I knew he w- he wasn't going to stay dead. Yeah. And it makes me think that possibly Gal Gadot could have a future in this universe. Like, maybe she'll come back? I'm not sure. I mean, they've said they're leaving the door open. Okay. But I don't know. I like her Wonder Woman. I'm a fan of her Wonder Woman, so... Yeah, I mean, I like her as Wonder Woman. It's just, I think the continuity of the DCU is such a mess that... Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if they can save it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping so. I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um... I still do like that metal Wonder Woman theme, though. Yeah, I like it. It's it's cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. So now we skip for forward um a few months, and do you know like I get the sense that like their house that was completely destroyed is rebuilt, or do we think they're just in a whole new house? I think it's 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 rebuilt because they're they're working on it, right? They're like nothing's working. Everything's oh, broken. that's right. They mentioned like the doorbell's broken or something. Yeah. And we we left out this part, but um, when the sister had that conversation with Billy about having to move out because they can't be taken care of, it turns out that the foster parents had actually bought the house out. They had bought the house. Oh yeah, there was a line. They that. let Billy know that you can always stay with us, no matter how old you are. Right, you're right. You know, you'll always be part of our family. So yeah. Um, but yeah, they're at the house uh, that's being rebuilt. They're eating dinner, and the wizard shows up dressed as a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So like, he he mentions that like, um, he's been in prison, so now he's just gonna like go, I guess, roam their earth and like yeah. have adventures. And he takes the staff back. Um. And and Billy's like, oh, this is something I forgot to mention. Is like. All throughout the movie, like, Billy has this running thing where he's like, what should my superhero name be? And, like, uh, at one point, like, even one of the um, citizens, like, as an Easter egg mentions, like, calls him Captain Marvel, which is, of course, his original name in the comics. But now, you know, Marvel uses that for for the Carol Danvers uh, character. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's like, "Uh, easy, your name should be Shazam. And he's like, oh, right, that makes sense or whatever. And then I think it ends. Well, Freddie's like, "Nah, I still don't like it." Or <laughs> yeah, something. we can, or we do, can better. do better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that leads to the credits, um, where we get a uh, uh, little less conversation by Elvis. Um, and then once those are over, we got two end credit uh, stingers. Uh, so stinger number one: Steve Ag and James Gunn's wife um, try to recruit Billy um, to what they call the JSA, yeah, the Justice Society. But do we think, like, are they actually trying to recruit him to their, like, little, like, Peacemaker gang, which obviously isn't the Justice Society of America? Are they, Do you think they're just telling him, calling it that to make it more appealing for him to join their team? No, I think it was really, like, with uh, with, with that team with the Falcon or whatever his name is, Hawkman. Okay, yeah. That, and them. I think he was trying to get them, get him on to that team. Because I guess James Gunn's wife did have that appearance in Black Adam. So, like... Well, I guess if they're like somewhat working for Waller, but I don't, God, I don't know how they're fitting all that together. I really don't. Yeah, they haven't done enough to tell us like what's really going on there. You know, it's one of the reasons I am very curious to see Flash is because I don't know how they're going to make this all gel mm-hmm. because it definitely seems like they like they don't want Black Adam to be really in continuity. I wouldn't think, right? It, or 
Well, uh, with Flash, uh, I've heard that they're going to pick and choose. Like, they're going to keep some of the stuff that's happened already, and they're going to get rid of some of the stuff. So That would make sense, just so that they can use some of the same actors. Now, I mean, so this is what you were kind of referencing at the very beginning. So do you think going forward that they are going to keep using Shazam? Personally, like, even though I have nothing against Shazam, I almost would prefer they just not use him anymore. I mean, he he's not as intriguing as a character as anybody that you know we know of in DC, like the Flash and Superman and Batman. He's definitely not on the level of Wonder Woman or anything. But um, I mean, you know, Marvel made Guardians of the Galaxy work, you know. So I mean, if they can fit him in, and I mean, even Ant Man had an integral part in Infinity War, you know, and he was kind of like the Shazam of that universe in a way. So I, they could make it work. It just depends on the writing. My whole thing, though, is like. The whole gimmick of Shazam and what makes him appealing as a character is that he's a little kid, the mind of a little kid in someone with the powers of Superman, mm-hmm. which is both scary but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, interesting. Right. But we know, at least in this continuity, that he's an adult. So, like, he's just another adult, uh, someone with a, a, a young adult, but an adult um, with the powers of Shazam. And so that that's less interesting to me. I don't, I'm still on board with it. It's, it's kind of like Spider-Man. He's he's a young person navigating his way. He's still learning. He's he's got all this other stuff behind him too, like the foster care system and you know stuff he's dealt with in his youth. So I mean, there, there's he's kind of like a broken person who's you know putting it all together, and I, I'm intrigued by that to some extent. So you'd be up for seeing more Shazam yeah. going forward? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see what they do with it, but I just. I find it, I, I'm more and more puzzled as I see these of like, when they do reboot, like what they're doing, they pick and choose this. Or, or like, are they maybe going to be like, yeah, we're still going to have Shazam. Maybe it's even gonna, still going to be played by Zachary Levi, but maybe his past is different or the kid is different or, you know, they could go a lot of different avenues. Yeah, I mean. I, but not, I was kind of surprised they had this particular s- scene because I was like, I would think they would. This makes it seem like they're locked into something I wouldn't think they would necessarily go for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I might be wrong. Yeah, I was surprised that they were going to keep going. Or it seems like they might continue down this path. It really seemed like they were cutting off a lot of those uh, limbs that they didn't want. <laughs> yeah, because for me, like, ev- like even though they are going to uh, seemingly keep, like, certain things from this continuity, I want most of it to be reset to zero, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I... I it just gets a little gray when they, I see scenes like this. Yeah. And then Stinger number two uh, was Professor Ivo from the first movie is visited by uh, Mr. Mind, who is a caterpillar with a voice box. Um, he's like an alien creature uh, in prison again. And I said setting up, uh, seemingly setting up a sequel that will, will probably never happen. <laughs> right, right. Because they had this scene before too, like uh, two years ago. Yeah, I believe this was the Stinger of the first movie. Yeah. And so, like, they make a joke that, like, you know, he's been in that prison for two years and Mr. Mind, like, he's setting up things, but since he's a caterpillar, he takes forever to do so. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, was this just meant to be kind of a, a joke and something that'll, like, never lead to anything? Or are they trying to set up something for the future? I, I don't know. <laughs> Even if they were trying to set up something for the future, I don't think this will ever pay off. Right. I, I don't see how this could be part of a bigger storyline like where you got the whole justice league involved <laughs> against this worm <laughs> caterpillar well i believe in the comics mr mind can actually like um 
burrow into like people's brains and control them. Oh, okay. I mean, one person at a time, though. Like, I think so. I guess you just do it to Superman of all people. Yeah, in fact, I think there might be comic book stories where he takes over like powerful people, but I'm not super familiar with that character. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I never heard of him before uh, this movie, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Mind. Um, but yeah, that uh, that was Shazam: Fury of the Gods. So AJ, it, it comes to that time we have with every movie. What would you rate this on a scale of one to ten? I'd give it a six out of ten. I think I'm right there with you. Um, six out of ten. Like it's not terrible, but as we kind of went through this, I'm seeing like even more plot holes than I came up with here. Right. And I'm like, there, there was. I think the script could have used a few more passes. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, there's a lot of convenience, a lot of cliches, a lot of humor that doesn't land. Um, but at the same time, it, it's not like hard to watch. It's not offensively terrible. It's but to me, this is a you don't need to see it in theaters, really. It, it, like if you thought the first one was a ball and absolutely loved it, yeah, go see this in theaters. I think you're gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, nah, you can wait. This yeah. to me, this is gonna be a pretty forgettable movie. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, do you have any uh, any final thoughts uh, before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, next week, we're thinking John Wick. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, we'll bring Liam to that and see how he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> the first second, <laughs> a knife goes through someone's eye. Wouldn't that be funny if you brought him and he was actually into it? Oh my like, <laughs> she's like, this is the kind of violence I can get yeah. behind. <laughs> John Wick Merc and Fools. Yeah. Uh, I got my mom on board. She loves John Wick. <laughs> Dude, I find that so awesome. Like, Because I did actually, um, I think, watch the first two. At least the first two John Wick movies I watched with my parents. Yeah. And, like, my dad's fine with it because he likes action movies or whatever. But my mom didn't. She just thought it was nonsense. You know, she, <laughs> uh, it's a, I think it's so cool that, yeah. like, your mom's on board for John Wick movies. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she's she's coming back from India, like, this month, next month. And we're going to go watch John Wick together, too. So I'm going to go back and watch Oh, that's, that's cool, man. Yeah. You know, it's amazing because I, I, I sometimes um, – like I listen to podcasts and like sometimes like um, there'll be like people that say like their parents are like into video games mm-hmm. and that's like awesome to me too. I was like, what would oh, that yeah. be like? Because like like my parents like p- played like my mom got into Tetris a little bit mm-hmm. back in the day and like she'll play like very casual like iPad games and mm-hmm. stuff and my dad just you know he he thinks it's nonsense pretty right. much. But I'm like. <laughs> What would that be like? Because that's like like kids this generation, they're all going to grow up with like most of their parents being oh, yeah. gamers and into video games. But to me, that just sounds like such a foreign concept. Like I could, I almost couldn't imagine like my dad playing video games. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Like if if I if I ever play like picked up the controller and played like Call of Duty with my parents, that would be wild. <laughs> I could not imagine that. Your mom's like really into it. Like she's John Wick. She's just like killing it. <laughs> It'd be cool, but yeah, it just sounds so foreign to yeah. us. Like our parents' generation just not into video games by and large. Yeah, I think the young generation now has a pretty good situation. I, I'm gonna play kids <clears throat> games with the nephews, so that'll be fun too. And I know Lester plays. You know, he he plays mostly like Super Mario stuff like that. But yeah, like right now his kids are like you know really into like 
uh, Minecraft and Roblox yeah. like a lot of kids are. Hopefully, once they get a you know in a few years, they'll get into more God of War. Yeah, God of War <laughs> in depth games, yeah. which actually they'll probably just get into Fortnite because that, that's oh, what yeah. all the teenage kids seem to be into. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, we do thank everybody very much. We we really like doing these reviews, so we hope you guys uh, like listening to them. Uh, please give us your feedback. Uh, we, we do enjoy comments. Um, <clears throat> go ahead and, uh, you know, if you will, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to the podcast in audio form on your podcast uh, catcher of choice. And you can even uh, go over uh, to Twitter and follow us on Twitter. Uh, where can people find you, uh, AJ? At a name for this too, and that's the number two. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that's going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. And have a good one. <laughs>